Yes. I left the city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drowning. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 29 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And tonight, I'm super excited. You know, we have the Smashies part due. You know, for you guys that remember those old school movies, Hot Shots. And today, we're going to talk about quarterbacks and running backs. You know, and we're going to introduce everybody here. We got a couple guys you're used to. Um, and then we got a lot of new guys we're going to introduce. So why don't we start out with you, Dave? Why don't you introduce yourself? You know, tell everybody what you got going on. I saw you on couple podcasts lately tearing it up yeah man we got some big things going right now i just had a podcast last week with ian harditz from a pro football focus that was awesome um i've got mike taglary coming on this friday which i'm extremely excited about uh next week we've got jason moore on wednesday and then we've got joe bryant on thursday so just an all-star cast lined up for the next week uh be sure to give me a follow at d kluge 90 that's d-k-l-u-g-e nine zero and you can uh, uh check out all the videos we got coming up yeah, that is an absolute star-studded cast you guys have on there, and you guys are doing big things. Make sure you guys check them out and follow Dave. Another guy, you know, has been on the on the show multiple times. I have to see him all the time because he's family. Mark, what do you got going on? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm just excited here to talk some quarterbacks and running backs. Um, everyone can find me on Twitter at the Dynasty Lefty. Yeah, that's about it. I like it. You pronounce it right this time. Last couple of times you're like at the lefty die, you know, getting it in there. Go follow him. You know, he's going to be in a bunch of, uh, he's going to be doing our new podcast, FF Day Trading and, and a lot of other things. Now we got some new guys to introduce you, you know, uh, John and Mung. I think they got a little bit too burnt out from the last smashies. You know, we had too much fun there. So those guys are not on here tonight, but we do have some new members of the Smash Accept crew. You know, Smash Accept is about 12 to 14 guys, you know, varying and a lot of different people really putting in the effort and, and doing some things that are big. First guy I want to introduce, you know, he is the creator, writer, ranker, host, pretty much everything for the FFB forecast. That's Trey. How you doing tonight? How's it going, guys? Thanks for the invite. I've always wanted to come on the Smash Accept podcast, so thanks for extending out the invite. That's uh, pretty good. Thanks for uh, shouting out my website, ffbforecast.com. You can also find uh, my podcast, the Fantasy Football Forecast, as well. Uh, me and my co-host, Robert, are killing the game over there. Um, so thanks for uh, you know extending the hand, and uh, I'm happy to be here. So those first three guys I introduced, I mean, you guys all... Do you guys feel as sexy as you look in them Smash Accept t-shirts? I mean, those things those things are hot. <laughs> oh, he's brushing the shoulder up. All right. Uh, next, I want to introduce, he's a writer for Dynasty Mafia and at Yards Per. He's been doing some absolute fire threads on Twitter lately, and that's Jeremy. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Why don't you tell everybody uh, anything that you have going on, you know, with some of the threads that you've been doing, maybe the guys you did this week and who you have coming up and where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Pope's FFH. Um, and I've basically been kind of just diving into the 2021 rookie uh, running back class. Um, I've pretty much gotten through most of the uh, higher ranked guys. I still got to drop Najee Harris. Um, other than that, I've gone through Javante Williams um Travis Etienne and uh 
couple of the other guys there. Uh, they're all threads. They're all in my profile. Um, other than that, like you said, I'm just putting out some articles, mostly for yards per right now. Um, other than that, I'm not doing too much. You can just find me on Twitter, answering questions, trying to get access to the senior bowl, wherever I can find it. Yeah, no. And, and what's exciting, and I'm glad you said the senior bowl is we have, you know, one of the guys that I look up to most in the dynasty industry, we have Chad Parsons from under the helmet coming on talking senior bowl next week. And he has really turned me on to guys in the past over the senior bowl, starting with Cooper cup. You know, I listened to an episode where he's like, that's a guy you got to be drafting. And he just puts out fantastic stuff over there at Under the Helmet, especially when it comes to things at the Senior Bowl. So we're really excited to have him on. Another guy we're excited for is, is our, our last member of our panel here tonight. Uh, he's a writer for Dynasty Nerds, recently doing a lot of buy, buy and sell threads, and that's Lake. Welcome to the Smash Accept pod, Lake. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I am uh, really excited to be a part of the Smash Accept team. Uh, this is not just my first Smash Accept pod, it's my first pod in general, so... Uh, really excited over here. Um, yeah, and uh, y'all can find me uh, on Twitter at Dynasty Slabs, uh, Dynasty S-L-A-B-S. Um, and yeah, like Mike said, I've uh, been writing some stuff for Dynasty Nerds, just kind of get my feet wet, um, putting out a couple buy-sell threads. So those you can all find on my profile. Yeah, glad you can join us. Everybody remembers their first, and I remember our first Smashies, right? I mean, that was a good time. We did a lot of goofiness with the, with the different you know song lyrics and things like that. John's not here tonight, so we're going to kind of jump right into things. You know, he's usually my partner in crime with his dad jokes and all that. But tonight, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about our running backs and our quarterbacks. You know, the first one was our, our wide receiver and tight end. And the first thing I want to talk about is our quarterback MVP. You know, almost across the board, we all had Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen, as a Bills fan, Josh Allen was the truth this year. You know, and unfortunately, they got bounced from the playoffs. I was hoping for you know, a shot for them to play against Tom Brady, you know, get that monkey off our backs. Um, but Mark, you went with someone different, you know, everyone went Josh Allen and, or no, you went Josh Allen as well. Who went somebody different? No, I'm sorry, Dave, you went with someone different. Sorry about that. I'm mixing you guys up. It's the shirts. You know what I mean? You guys look so good in them. Dave, you didn't go Josh Allen. Who did you go with? Well, no disrespect to you and your Bills, Mike. Uh, Josh Allen had a hell of a season and was definitely the obvious answer here. Um, but with the disrespect that Aaron Rodgers was getting heading into this offseason, his finish as QB, QB3 was just great to see. He was just 1.1 points per game behind Josh Allen and had a much lower ADP this offseason. So this one's honestly just a little bit sentimental for me. Uh, this might be the last great year that we see Rodgers where he is in that upper echelon of elite quarterbacks. And uh, because of the disrespect he got this offseason, I thought that he deserved the MVP award. I mean, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. He, I, w I was saying it before the season started, you know, after they took – they ended up getting Jordan Love. I was like, he's going to be kind of on an up yours tour. You know what I mean? I didn't feel like he thought anybody was going to be challenging him for any kind of work or anything like that. But he was just out to prove that he's not even anywhere near done. And Aaron Rodgers right now, I mean, I just did a startup, and I know, you know, he's a little bit up there in age. But I got him in the fifth round of Superflex startup as the QB 14. And I'll take that all day. You know what I mean? There's a lot of influx of youth, but Aaron Rodgers still has several good years left in him. So, um Moving on to the next part there, obviously, the next one we're talking about is our ADP. So we're looking at guys that were our biggest ADP steals, the guys that we really thought made a big difference for us. Um, the first guy we want to talk about there was going to be Jacob, but 
I'm going to fill in for him because our boy Dynasty Jacobians got a new job. He's not able to. Shout out to him. He's a lawyer now, so he's not able to post things on Twitter. And his answer was the biggest ADP steal was Josh Allen. I mean, what Josh Allen was able to do this year, if you drafted him, you probably got him in the third to fifth round in your Superflex startup. The guy just balled out. You know, he ended up as the QB1, basically lighting it up, you know, 37 touchdowns. And what he was able to do this year was was phenomenal. Moving on to the other guys, we had most everyone else had either Ryan Tannehill or Justin Herbert. So let's go with Ryan Tannehill first. Trey, I know you had Tannehill as your guy. Talk to me why you had Ryan Tannehill as the biggest ADP steal and what you thought of his season this year. Well, when, whenever we talk about ADP steal, we're talking about who had the biggest bang for their buck. Um, Justin Herbert would be a good choice for that. I mean, he was definitely drafted uh, behind Ryan Tannehill, but I think the consistency that, that Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill had each week, I don't think you, you could really beat that. I mean, a lot of people were even saying that he had a, even a better fantasy year than Aaron Rodgers just because of how consistent he was. Um, and I think that that's true. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, you could have plugged him in as a QB1 and been happy with that all season, and you definitely didn't draft him as your QB1. Um, whenever you were starting up this offseason. So I was pretty happy with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, he finished the season as a QB7. Um, absolute phenomenal return. Uh, Jeremy, you went with Justin Herbert. And can you tell me why that was your guy that was the biggest ADP steal going into the season? Uh, I went with it on the basis of, honestly, most people overlooked him coming in, whether you had a rookie draft or even a startup or even a, just a uh, redraft league. But – I mean, I think I saw him in one of my startups last year, post-draft. I think he went in, like, the 20th, 21st round, and it was a super flex league. Like, people just – it was, I think, the first for most of the people in the league. But, like, he just – no one thought anything was coming from him. You know what I mean? Everybody, the whole storyline all season was Tyrod Taylor's going to be the starter. And I think everybody was like, Justin Herbert's so raw. He's not necessarily the best passer and anything like that coming out. And – he came out and honestly he got that opportunity and he balled out. I mean, I can't exactly remember. I, th- I know he finished QB in the QB ones, but I'm not sure his final uh, position QB, there. He finished at QB was, nine. You I was going to say, I think it was right around, around eight. But. He was floating around QB five there for a while. And the nice thing was, you know, we've had that with similar to Josh Allen, right? When he came out and he got drafted, a lot of ADP disrespect in our rookie drafts. And then it happened to Daniel Jones. And then this year it was Justin Herbert. You know, Justin Herbert was going 110, 111 in a lot of super flex drafts. And people that got that kind of value, really, I mean, that made a absolute massive amount of difference. And the way he played, you know, we I don't want to say we've got to thank the trainer for, uh, you know, puncturing the lungs there at Tyrod Taylor, giving him that premature start. I mean, that's the craziest, you know, craziest way to earn your first start. But the guy just... I feel like he was a lot more seasoned than we thought he was going to be, you know, and he just came out there. He had that swagger. Even after he got the haircut, we thought he might have, you know, stepped back a little bit, but he just, he took care of business this year. Definitely shouldn't have cut the hair though. No, he doesn't quite look as good. That hair, you know, the flow is there. (laughs) Speaking of hair. Okay. Trey, your biggest disappointment on the, on the season. And right now he is rocking the Mississippi mud flap. He's got that mullet flowing. I don't know if any of you guys drafted him in the first round just to uh, you know get that free case of Bud, Bud Light the entire year. But biggest disappointment for you, Trey, was Gardner Minshew. And, and that hurts me to say. Like, I almost want to tear up here a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, a lot of people drafted Gardner Minshew in the quarterback 15, 16 range this offseason just because they expected him to at least be serviceable and give them a full 16 games. And that's just not what he gave. Uh, he, I don't think he even started the majority of the games this season. They were even going with uh, Jake Luton over him, even whenever uh, Minshew was healthy. So he, did, he definitely didn't return any of the positive dividends that we were hoping for. Because whenever we drafted him, we were only hoping he was at least going to be starting 16 games and at least we could use him as a weekly flyer. Um, right. And he definitely wasn't that at all this season. Yeah, and a lot of like negative game script, you know, thinking he's going to get a lot of slop time. That was the talk about DJ Chark, who was John's biggest disappointment, you know, in our first smashies. And Gardner Minshew really wasn't able to live up to the hype. I mean, they even put Mike the Giraffe Glennon in there, you know, I mean, just guys that were just leftovers. Um, the other biggest disappointment is, Lake, you went with, oh, this hurts, but you went with Carson Wentz. Talk to me a little bit about Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson, uh, man, just a few years ago, we're talking MVP uh, caliber player. Um, and then coming into this season, I felt like, you know, they draft Jalen Rager in the first round. Everybody's high on Dallas Goddard taking another step up. Uh, Miles Sanders was, I mean, how hot was he coming into the season? Um, and he just disappointed. I, I, I wrote down a few stats. Uh, he ended up QB 22 on the year. Um, and only played 12 games, so I thought, you know, maybe uh, maybe it could be a little better if we uh, look at the points per game, but points per game, he was also QB 22, so I uh, just really didn't do anything while he was in there. Um, one of the lowest completion percentages, QB 41 um, out of QBs with at least 100 attempts this year in completion percentage, um, so like <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty rough, uh, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, uh, just as many rushing touchdowns as Teddy Bridgewater. Um, who's, you know, not the most mobile guy. Uh, one more than Jared Goff, though, so he had that going for him. And uh, I, I just think, you know, the, the no weapons argument is what you hear from his defenders so often. Um, but Miles Sanders, I think, is fantastic. Um, Jalen Rager, you got a first-round receiver. Like, what would Aaron Rodgers do for a first-round receiver, right? Um, and I, I think Goddard's, Goddard's good. And, and even Travis Fulgham, who is nothing special, um, he flashed this year. Like he was, he was good when they when they needed him. Um, I actually think I saw that he had surgery after the season, so maybe he explains a little bit of that slow uh, ending to his season. But um, yeah, I, I just felt like Carson had some pieces and could have done something and and didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think we're holding on to 2017 a little bit here. It almost looks like he's going to get another shot. Another guy who you know, Dave, you were disappointed in, who might not get another shot. He's got the best jawline, maybe the, the sexiest quarterback in the league when it comes to looks, but you were disappointed in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, I certainly was. I mean, I didn't even have that high of expectations for Jimmy Garoppolo and still felt felt let down by him. Um, I mean, I, I know he was battling injuries and that makes it really tough, but uh, I feel like this was his last chance. You know, he was kind of on the hot seat coming into this season. He had had a couple lackluster seasons in San Francisco leading up to this. So this was the last chance I felt that he had to really solidify himself as the franchise quarterback in San Francisco and just coming up flat the way that he did and then getting injured inevitably. Um, I, I think this might be the end of the Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco. And it's just, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow because I was really rooting for him. Yeah. I mean, we, he was somebody who like moving over there, we got excited once he, you know, moved to San Francisco. I recently just sold him for the two Oh two in a super flex seat, you know, and I was, I was happy with that. Cause I'm not quite sure what we're going to get from him going forward. You know, it's a, it's a tricky type situation. Mark, you're a San Francisco fan. Talk to me about Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Yeah, I, I agree 100% with what Dave's saying. I, he's going he's going to be on the way out, and his situation can't be much better. The 49ers offense is pretty good. It's, it's just held back by Jimmy Garoppolo. And, I mean, I know injuries did play a factor. Absolutely. Moving on to our next topic here, and somebody's throwing a little shade at you there, Dave. It must be a real you know, 49ers homer saying we're completely off on that. But uh, our plays of the year. So, Trey, what was your play of the year? You know, what was the most exciting play for you from the quarterback position? Honestly, my play could have even gotten even better if uh, Sean Payton would have, you know, not have given Taysom Hill, you know, the touchdown that he wanted. But I picked Alvin Kamara's uh, sixth touchdown. I like that just because, um, you know, it's historic. It's only happened one other, one other time. I honestly think he could have gotten seven, but they chose to give Taysom Hill a two-yard rushing touchdown instead of giving Alvin Kamara another one. And I, and I was even playing against Alvin Kamara that week in fantasy playoffs, but I didn't care. I was like, give him another one. Like, at this point, he has 50 points. Might as well get him 60, 70. Um, <laughs> he but was yeah, just trying I to take like that to... out. Yeah, taking care of everybody. Now, Lake, you had – what was your quarterback play of the year? And I'm going to see if we can throw this one up on the screen because this one was fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, my my quarterback play of the year this year was uh, the Hale Murray, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, going deep what? against Arizona. Wait a second, or, uh, not against Arizona. I threw it up there a while. I thought you were, uh, I thought you were going with. Sorry, we're gonna have to edit that one out. No, you're good. Who had Daniel Jones? That was mine. All right, go ahead. You're up. Talk oh, about I'm your up dance. now. Yeah, sorry about that one. I'm definitely not the greatest play, but definitely the most memorable, I think. I mean, you see him bust out through the line here and he's just taken off for glory. Probably definitely helps almost probably seal a win that they ended up losing the game, if I remember correctly. But he's gone. He you goes. know what I mean? He's gone for the win. And, uh, <laughs> just the old sniper gift, you know? Just down he goes. I think it's just going to go down as one of those that everybody's going to remember that for years. It's, he's never going to outrun it, you know what I mean? Speaking of outrunning, that was actually the fastest any quarterback ran the entire year. You know, his legs didn't actually keep up with his body, but the man was flying. I mean, I think they recorded him at over 20 miles per hour for a quarterback, and he just he just bit it hard, you know? All right. Why is that still playing? This is <laughs> – sorry, we're, we're experimenting with some new things at Smashing Sap, trying to uh, – you know, I'm a little bit more of a – a boomer that my kid tells me all the time. We need, we need John here. Who's <laughs> yeah, the co-host? Exactly. Exactly. He's the guy that kind of keeps things rolling there. Next part we want to talk about is really our biggest buys and sells. And this is the part for you guys as the listener that gets super exciting is I want you guys to run me through. We're going to start with sells first. You know, so we just got done. We're looking into the Super Bowl. Who's your biggest sell going into this offseason right now? I'm going to start with you, Mark. Tell me who your biggest sell is at the quarterback position. Uh, so Dave already covered – I had two guys. Dave already kind of covered the one, Jimmy Garoppolo. And so the, the other one that I chose was uh, Taysom Hill. I believe that there there is a chance, and I, I mean you're hearing reports out, that there's a chance that he's a starter. But I don't think that he can last or sustain a 16-game season the way he plays the quarterback position. And I just think that it's just going to – eventually he's going to get hurt. Yeah, I believe we're looking at like a glorified tight end there. I would like to see what Jamison Winston could do. I would love to see what Michael Thomas can do, you know, where 
He's been known as Mr. Slant, you know, and he's fantastic in the slant. But what people don't realize is when you're looking at yard, you know, passes at 20 plus yards, he's extremely proficient. It's just Drew Brees hasn't been able to get it down there. And Michael Thomas could be a nice bounce back. Um, Jeremy, who's your biggest sell when it comes to the quarterback position right now? Uh, yeah, so I picked uh, someone that no one's actually mentioned, but I went with uh, Matt Stafford. Um, and before everybody freaks out on me. I was about to. <laughs> uh, he did finish as the QB 16, um, and he only averaged 16 points per game um, on a PPR basis. But he's a solid, obviously, quarterback, too. Um, but I think right now the hype's super high. I think everybody's looking at it as in, okay, he's going to get traded out of Detroit. They already agreed. It's a mutual agreement. And he's going to go to this team that's going to be a championship caliber team. And he's going to go into it and he's just going to put up gaudy numbers. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I think just my biggest sell, the way that I look at it is, is that his peak value is going to be now. I mean, before he lands where, cause who knows if he ends up, I don't know if he ends up in like say Washington, who doesn't have that many necessarily top end targets other than McLaurin. He, his value might fall, but either way, before the season starts, his value is going to be at his peak value because he's got probably at least three or four years of good production left. But at that point, you're going to start declining, and I think it's not going to get any better than what it is right now. He's not going to probably go to a new team again where he'll get that hype all over again. Right. I mean, I'm not – right now we're just kind of going over everybody's sales. I'm on the buy myself. And the guy you just said gets me super excited. I'm buying Terry McLaurin everywhere because he's about to increase his his productivity by getting a real quarterback. I mean, what he's able to – Alex Smith this year set a record for lowest depth of target at 5.6 yards per target – per, per uh, attempt, which is just ridiculous. He had Dwayne Haskins. You know, anybody that moves into Washington is going to be a big uptick. And I think Stafford's going to get a bump early – but who knows what he has going on forward past that. Uh, Dave, who is your biggest sell right now at the quarterback position? You know, Stafford is definitely a great one. And that's somebody that I would have been talking about a little bit. But, um, you know, I've been on the show a few times and you know me. I like the deep cuts. I like going for somebody that, you know, people aren't talking about as much. And my big sell uh, right now, and I'm sure I'm going to catch some flack for this, but Jalen Hurts. Um, I think that with a new coaching staff, it's going to mean that Jalen Hurts is relegated back to the bench in 2021. Wentz still has three years left on his contract, so we might not even see Hurts ever get a starting opportunity here. Uh, He looked great in the couple of games that we saw towards the end of the season, but Wentz, like I mentioned, is under contract, and it's just tough to make an argument for stashing a backup quarterback for up to three years. So I'd be looking to cash in right now. Um, not to mention Jalen Hurts, he put up some gaudy fantasy numbers, but he had a big problem with turnovers. And that's something that a lot of people aren't talking about too much. So I'm, I'm fading and, uh, selling Jalen Hurts this off season. Yeah. According to PFF, he actually had more turnover worthy plays, you know, than Carson Wentz did, which blows my mind. You know, your window of selling him is still in, in play. It was much higher, but right now you can still go out and sell him. Um, now Trey. You got a guy here. If we actually had Jacob in here, he might fight you on this because he's all about this guy. But your biggest sell, you know, he finished over the final, over the final four games there or six games actually. He finishes the QB nine, finishes the QB sixteen on the year. You're selling Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's just because of the Browns and more over Baker Mayfield, and maybe even because of Baker Mayfield's future. 
Um, they have to make an, uh, a choice this offseason, I think, about whether or not they're picking up his fifth-year option. And I'm not quite for sure if they're going to be, you know, moving on in the future with him. He looked real good in the playoffs, but, I mean, I feel like that's more because of the Browns' offense. It's really run heavy, and it doesn't really put a lot of pressure on him. We saw whenever he has to pass the ball over 40, 50 times that it's not really a good outcome. And we're talking about fantasy here. He's not a really good fantasy quarterback. I know he finished the season hot, but the first 10 so weeks, he wasn't really that good. Um, he wasn't even really startable, to be honest with you. I think he was like around QB 24, 25 but, uh, before he got on that hot finish. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's all before OBJ. When OBJ went out, you know, I think Baker Mayfield Which stopped weird. thinking about – he stopped thinking about the pre-Madonna and he started being a quarterback again. I mean, Baker Mayfield set that quarterback touchdown record as a rookie without any real wide receivers. He just went out there and he played. And I feel like once Odell Beckham came to town, he felt like he had to force him the ball. He felt like that was the primary target he had to go with. And and once he started looking around and, and checking his other options, I mean, Baker Mayfield did play very well down the stretch. But you're right. I mean, now might be the time to cash out. And other people believe now is the time to buy. Now, as far as you were saying, sell on that production, Lake, you went with Aaron Rodgers, who you know just came out with such a fantastic season. Are you feeling like we're trying to get ahead of that age curve a little bit more? Or are we seeing a potential where he has a Tom Brady-type career because of the way he's taking care of his body? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously a... a a potential outcome that he keeps going and going and going. I know that this off season, I mean, he's already come out and said that his future is uncertain. Um, I, I don't think he means retirement by that, but I, I think he could mean forcing his way out of green Bay or um, at, at least making things uncomfortable there. Um, he lit the world on fire this year. I mean, 48 touchdowns, I believe. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, if, as well as he's played this season, as much name value as he has right now. And especially if he's traded to another team that's a contender, like we talked about what that would do for Matt Stafford's value. Um, obviously, Green Bay is a contender, but if, if you sent him to the Colts or to um, – if, if you sent him to the 49ers, I mean, it would be insane. And so I, I think coming off of a huge year um, in his late 30s, on the move potentially. I, I don't know that you're ever going to be able to see that value um, get as high again. And I think, uh, I see I see down there Aaron Rodgers to New England. Yeah, uh, they would need to grab a, grab a receiver uh, as well because I'm not a hairy guy. But uh, I, I think, I just think that you're going to get the most bang for your buck this offseason moving Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be, um, even if he continues to play well, it's just going to be a downward trend. I mean, I, Brady played great this year. You're not going to get much for Brady, I don't think, on the open market right now. No, I mean, the the, the offer, someone actually tried to trade me Rodgers today, and we're about to you know announce our, our listener league, our draft order here. But real quick, let's weigh in on a trade. Guy offered me, he wants Brady and Cup for Rodgers. Which side are you taking, Brady and Cup or Aaron Rodgers? On that one, I think I, I, I'm actually going to stick with Aaron Rodgers. I do think he has a few more years, and, and I'm not particularly fond of Cup, honestly. What about yeah, you, Dave? If, if this is a super flux, I'm definitely sticking oh, yeah. with Rodgers. Yeah, I, I assume so. So, yeah, Rodgers, hands down. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, he offered that up to me, and I, I, I'm having a hard time. I'm going to pop up our, our list. we got three minutes till we're going to announce our, our listener league. Guys are super excited. It's going to be our draft order. We have two listener leagues that we're setting up. Uh, the first one, myself, Mung, John, and Jeremy are going to be in that one with 
you know, we're going to do a 14 team super flex. It's going to be super excited. Um, I know Dave and Mark, Trey, a lot of other guys are in that. Oh, Trey doesn't want to because he's anti MFL. Sorry, but we're going to we're going to set up two different listener leagues and. The, the amount of buzz we have in there is super exciting. You know, guys are, are wanting to play with the Smash Accept crew. They're wanting to draft again, right? I mean, that's what we all want to do. It's draft season. We're excited to get out there again. Um, John, let's move on to Mark. Why don't you, since we have a couple minutes here, your biggest buy now is the same as mine. You know, and I'm, I'm big into cards right now. I'm big into reading the upside in Dynasty. And there is just tons of upside surrounding to a tag of Iowa. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't too impressive when you watch him throughout the season, but they're going to I still believe in the talent. They're going to add receivers, possibly a running back. And who knows in the beginning they kind of held him back a little bit. We didn't really see the full Tua that I think could be on display from the next coming years. And I still think he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, I think the rumors surrounding Deshaun Watson gun wanting to go to Miami, you know, kind of have depressed the value a little bit. But let's think about that with that three pick if they take Jamar Chase and get him some real weapons there in Miami. I mean, I see an instant value bump if he starts getting some of those guys. Dave, I saw your reaction there a little bit. Is Tua a buy for you? I mean, is that something that, you know, right now the value is depressed? I mean, it's it's insane to say that he's a sell at this point because his uh, value after the 2020 season just isn't that great. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not personally a huge Tua fan, but I think that this is the lowest you're going to be able to buy him. Um, even if he's just a mediocre starter for the next five years, he's still going to be a starter in the National Football League. I don't think there's any question about that. So go out and get your Tua shares now because this is the cheapest they're going to be. Yeah, the talent is there. He's going to be you know, someone who's going to be around, like you said, for the next four or five years. And he did it this year with... You know, Gusecki, who was banged up most of the year. You know, Devontae Parker, who, who was in and out of the lineup. And he did it with what I was impressed is down the stretch. And, and one of your guys, Ryan Fitzpatrick, even did it better at times. But with a real leftover crew of wide receivers. Um, Trey, real quick, we got like about 30 seconds before we get the random draft order going here. But your biggest set, your buy right now is, is Tom Brady. Tell me about that. Yeah, and uh, I'll just do it real quick. But it's funny that my biggest buy... Uh, with some people's biggest sell. But it's honestly, uh, I would just wait to buy him after the Super Bowl just because the retirement uh, talk is going to be going around. So you could be probably buy him pretty cheap. And he's going to be a nice QB1 next season. So Ooh, Perfect timing. I like the draft order here. We're going to pop it up here. We're looking at the randomizer here from Fantasy Forecast. If we can get it going here. Pick 14 is going to be Rumpy. 13 is going to be Jeremy, so you're not going to have much of a say over where you're picking. Pick 12, Joshua Acton. Pick 11 is Tony Langer. Pick 10, Jake Thorndike. My name's still still in the pool. Pick 9, Joey Hartraft. Pick 8, Dynasty 612. Pick 7, Swamp Donkey 90. By the way, don't, don't look that one up on Urban Dictionary. Pick six is Jared Sabedre. Pick five, Playoff John. Pick four, FFA Mung. Oh, my name is still in there. Pick three, Fantasy Hacker. Pick two, Dynasty Dad. Whew. And who gets the num- number one pick? It's going to be our guy who follows along all the time, Tequila Operator. Dude, you got to be pumped with that. Tequila, I know you're. I know you're in the room here somewhere. Dude, look, he's got it on there already. 
So well, the way we do that, and we're going to do it in both of our leagues, is Kentucky Derby style. If you guys don't do that, try it out. You know, where you do the draft or randomizer, but then you pick where you want to go. So he doesn't necessarily have to take the 101. He can pick wherever he wants. So it gives you a lot more strategy, kind of, you know, does he want pick 14? Does he want pick 6? You know, where does he want to go? Where does he see the tiers going? So that was perfect timing. You know, Trey, I got it. You, you nailed it right on there. Let's move on to a couple more of the buys here. Jeremy, your buy I absolutely love, you know, and the news has made it a little bit less of a buy. Towards the end of the season there, you know, people were selling him on the cheap to be competitive, but Joe Burrow says he's starting week one. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm using it as a buy as the same almost advantage as Tua. I think Burrow showed a lot more promise this season than Tua did. Um, however, Herbert's success – and then the hype now already around Lawrence and Fields and Wilson and all those quarterbacks coming out this year that most people I've seen, at least on Twitter, there's a lot of people that are bashing Burrow. And if you can find the league member that is reading that and is just going off of that advice, um, you should be able to buy Burrow pretty cheap right now. I mean, it's still going to be expensive. It was it's Joe Burrow, but. I think it's his cheapest value. And I think at a points per game, he finished at quarterback 17. So, I mean, he's well within a QB2 ranking. Absolutely. I love that. Dave, who's your biggest buy right now? For QBs, I mean, it's got to be Lamar Jackson. And, uh, you know, I just am going out and getting as much Lamar Jackson as I possibly can. People are going to remember his lackluster start to the season. They're going to remember his playoff loss. And they're going to remember his QB10 finish. I personally, I'm remembering him being a QB2 from week 13 onward, showing that he's still an elite runner. He's an elite playmaker. Uh, throughout the playoffs, I was selfishly hoping that the Ravens were going to lose so I could buy low on Lamar, and that's exactly what I plan to do this offseason now. They, they took that tough loss. People are going to be selling him, and I think he's going to be right back up in that tier with Pat Mahomes next year. I mean, we're, we're saying that Lamar Jackson had a poor season, and he was the QB8. You know, same kind of thing we're talking about with Tua. Let's get him a legit wide receiver. I mean, Hollywood Brown hasn't taken that step. Lamar Jackson looked good at times. He finished the season super strong. And in Des Bryant? Des Bryant. <laughs> Des Bryant's on tweet. He's tweeting he's going to fight the uh, offensive lineman there for Seattle, you know, which he definitely deserves. You know, the minute there, that's, that's just disgusting. But um, moving on to your biggest buy, Lake. Jameis Winston, are you feeling he takes over the job there? Uh, you know, I I made that call honestly, not even caring whether he takes over the New Orleans job. I, I think there's absolutely a shot that he does. Um, but I saw that uh, trick play that New Orleans ran a couple weeks ago. And when he threw that ball, I was like, daggone, that is a big arm. He's still in his mid-20s. And somebody's going to take a shot at him. I mean, just looking across the league this year at how – awful some of the QB players and I know we've got some young guys coming in that everybody's excited about but I think somebody's going to take a shot on Jameis whether it's New Orleans or it's one of these teams that misses out on the Stafford sweepstakes or the Wentz sweepstakes if that is a sweepstakes um I, I think one of these teams that maybe it's like a right off. yeah exactly exactly when when the game of musical chairs ends I think somebody's gonna be standing there and looking at Jameis and being like ah, maybe maybe we give him a shot and and we know that he produces he's got a huge arm and uh, maybe he's got the LASIK straightened out now. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he's got the interception problem taken care of. But from a fantasy output, regardless of what your opinion on him as an NFL quarterback is, 
when he's in there, he's going to produce for you. Yeah, doubtful he has any of that taken care of, but he is fun from a fantasy perspective, right? I mean, he he finished as the QB2, QB3 range two years ago. Um, let's talk about the top three quarterbacks. You know, we were, we were talking about this. The big three when it comes to Superflex is Mahomes, Allen, and Kyler right now. Does anyone have anybody else in the top three? Trey, I saw you raise your hand. Hit, hit me up with your top three, guys. No, sorry. All right, uh, all right. I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump in with this uh, one first. I have, well, <laughs> I have, I uh, have Lamar. I have Lamar Jackson in there instead of Kyler Murray, and I don't need to talk about it too much because I just talked about why I'm buying Lamar Jackson. Yep. But uh, you know, they're both right around the same age. They both have the same rushing upside. Um, I just think that uh, Kyler. You know, he's already shown some injuries with his shoulder. We saw him slow down to the rushing a little bit as the season progressed. I think when it comes to longevity in the league, I'm expecting Lamar Jackson to have a slightly longer career than Kyler. So I've got him just edged over Kyler in my rankings. I like it. I actually, I mean, as a host, I'm trying not to put too many of mine in there, but my biggest sell was actually Kyler Murray because that value is skyrocketed and that frame is a little bit slight. Josh Allen, someone that we all have in that range. Is there anyone else that you guys feel belongs in that conversation? Maybe Justin Herbert, anyone else? Um, I feel like maybe Dak. I know. I mean, if you look at his points per game from twenty uh, from last season, he was QB1. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and he was a top three quarterback in 2019 as well. So, he's shown the production that he can do it. He still has Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Um, you know, Dalton Schultz stepped up, so maybe Dalton, uh, him and uh, Jarwin will be a good uh, tight end combo next season. So I'm pretty excited for Dak. I think uh, he's definitely a arguably in that tier, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, I got Dak in the Superflex startup I just did at the 207. And that is like, we're talking about falling back. All those other guys went. And if you guys are doing Superflex startups right now, it is that first round is just total quarterbacks i mean you're looking at maybe two or three running backs in there maybe maybe one wide receiver but it is pretty much run by quarterbacks and dak has fallen into that second round so you know that's good value with a guy that has the ceiling there a little bit more risk because we don't know if he's 100 percent going back to dallas but i love that let's move into our running backs um a running back mvp is pretty much split the whole way across the board between alvin kamara and dalvin cook but lake you went a totally different route and who did you end up going with? Yeah, so uh, I, I went with Derrick Henry, and uh, I, I kind of dug into it a little bit more after I uh, found out I was the lone man out on that uh, Dalvin uh, Alvin uh, debate. But uh, as I dug in, I, I started to think maybe I maybe I was wrong, but I wouldn't be a fantasy fantasy analyst if I didn't dig my heels in and what I said the first time. So uh, he was running back three on the year. He played all 16 games. Uh, Alvin played 15, you know, took took week uh, 17 off there. But if you're in a 17-week fantasy week that matters, uh, fantasy league that matters, um, his volume in the rushing attack uh, just seemed really solid to me. I, I, I own Alvin in my home league. And all season, pins and needles, waiting for him to get in the end zone, waiting for him to grab a couple more passes. I mean, he was awesome. Um, but there's just something very secure about, uh, you know, 2,000 yards on the ground like uh, that's that's insane. Um, and then really for me, I think probably that pick was more mental uh, and personal pain uh, as uh, I was on the receiving end of a King Henry massive game in the playoffs that kicked me out of my home league. So I think uh, probably just some trauma that I was processing as I made that pick. 
I was on the giving end of those. You know, I was getting a lot of flack because I was telling everybody to buy Derrick Henry. I mean, I was all in. I had him on seven of my. You know, I was in nine championships. I had him on seven of them. I won them all. Derrick Henry just was a steamroller. The craziest thing, you know, looking at some stats since 2005, he had the most yards after catch. You know, or yards after contact since 2005. 1,490 yards after contact. I mean, that is ridiculous. That's 120 more, more yards be above Nick Chubb, who was number two. I mean, the man is a beast. We That's more know. yards than Jeff, Justin Jefferson received this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fantastic. And the way Derrick Henry runs the ball, hey, Stephanie, welcome. That's your, your co-host there, Dave, right? You know, welcome in. Um, you know, what he was able to do this year was fantastic. He never gets the, the credit. I feel like we do this every year, right? Off-season, it's sell Derrick Henry. We get to mid-season. We know he's going to tear it up at the end because he wears people down and he's a buy. Moving on to the next part here. We're going to talk about the ADP steals and surprises. You know, putting them both together, there were some names that just stuck out on everybody's list, right? It was how surprising and how fantastic that James Robinson, David Montgomery, and Mike Davis were this year. So, Dave, we're going to start with you first. James Robinson, I mean, out of nowhere, right? We're talking about Leonard Fournette's going to yeah. get decent volume. All of a sudden, Leonard Fournette's cut, and we're like, is it Devin Azigbo? Who are these guys? And then James Robinson has one of the best rookie seasons we've seen yet. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. And first, let me give some props to Illinois State University. As you can see, I'm a Chicago fan. have a lot of good friends, including my wife that went to Illinois State. So love seeing a guy come out from a small school like that and tear it up. But uh, yeah, James Robinson, the last time we saw a running back come off of waivers and finish as an RB1 was James Conner in 2018. And, you know, just about everybody that had James Conner in 2018 won their league. Uh, it's just so rare to see something like this that you can pick a guy up before the season starts off of waivers, don't have to spend any draft capital on him, plug him in every single week as an RB1. I mean, that's just absolutely mind-blowing. So I've got a little bit of concerns about his future in Jacksonville, but, uh, you know, since we're talking about 2020, James Robinson, absolute stud. Yeah, it was a fun ride. I mean, you know, I picked him up in several leagues off of waivers, you know, even after four or five weeks, people didn't believe. So I was buying him for 20, 21 seconds, which ended up being late. I mean, the guy finished with over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. The remarkable part is 49 receptions, 344 yards, three touchdowns. And actually the most yards after contact when it came to receptions. He also had over 300 yards called back on penalties. You know, like he was breaking off long runs. The guy, you know, he doesn't have the draft capital, but man, it was a fun season. That's for sure. Um, Mark and Trey, you guys went with somebody different here. I mean, Mike Davis ended up finishing as an RB1. You know, he was the RB12. And you know, most of the leagues that I'm in, I have Christian McCaffrey. Luckily, I've been preaching it ever since we were on Dynasty Refinery now with Smash, except make sure you roster Mike Davis. I mean, he's that premium handcuff, and he was essentially free. Trey, talk to me a little bit about what you saw from him this year. Yeah, for Mike Davis, I mean – James Robinson would be a good choice as well. So I could definitely see him choosing them just because you probably drafted Mike Davis, but you didn't, but you definitely didn't draft James Robinson. Um, but Mike Davis, he was hot during the start of the season. Uh, he was definitely winning a lot of people, a lot of leagues. And it was kind of the same as what James Robinson was. A lot of people like, ah, oh, Chris McCaffrey will come back. I'm not really worried about it. He'll come back. He'll come back. But he never ended up coming back. So uh, you really got a serviceable R uh, RB1 with a guy that you probably used one of your last picks on, or maybe you even picked him up on waivers. So, Yeah, Mark? 
Yeah, I mean, basically the same thing that everybody else is saying. But since week three, since uh, he took over CMC's role, he was a top 10 running back. And again, like what you guys are saying, basically for free. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. My one league, I mean, I thought I was going to be fantastic at running back. And I had Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. And I, I believed in Todd Gurley. I mean, I had like seven guys like that. Raheem Mostert. And I was like, yeah, I'll just start putting some of these guys on the back end. you know. And I put Mike Davis on and I put James Robinson on. And those were the guys that carried me. Um, now let's move on to Jeremy. You and I had somebody totally different here. You know, a guy who still I don't feel like is getting the credit that he deserves. I see the Chicago stuff in the background there for, for Dave. Montgomery tore it up this year. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I was preaching I on Twitter as much as I could that David Montgomery, much as anybody would, that David Montgomery was a sell midseason after you – or a buy it after you saw who he was going to play in the fantasy playoffs. And I think, for me, that's what made me put him as uh, – there as an AP because he was someone who came into the season that wasn't highly sought after anymore. His rookie season, the split with Tariq Cohen, the fact that the bears offense kind of is never that reliable, (laughs) but I just think that you got him at a price where I think it was still higher than most of these guys. But for me, I know in my personal home league, I mean, he carried my, fantasy playoff and I think if you were lucky enough to make the playoffs he probably did the same for most of you guys yeah FF intervention just so you know Dave and I did trick you we wanted you to walk in right when we started talking about David Montgomery David Montgomery most routes run this year between week 12 and 16 he was the RB1 he was winning you leagues I mean he Dave what's what's uh his his take on is he a big Montgomery guy uh, absolutely not. This is kind of where Chase and I bonded, you know, before we were ever even together over at the fantasy intervention team, we were working together on a, uh, on a different website and it felt like it was just Chase and I against everybody else in the group chat, uh, anti David Montgomery. And, you know, sometimes this just goes to show that situation outweighs talent because when it comes to talent, David Montgomery doesn't have any of it, but you know, Tariq Cohen gets hurt and he gets all these opportunities. He's got a soft schedule coming up and suddenly he's an RB one. So sometimes the opportunity is there and, and David Montgomery took full, full advantage of it this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was actually the most routes run as a running back. I mean, if Tariq Cohen there, it's completely different, but he did take advantage of it. You know what I mean? And he played well down the stretch and you're right. Sometimes, you know, opportunity definitely trumps talent, and that's that's something to go on there. Our biggest disappointments, you know, the, the guys, and there's a lot of them at the running back position. I mean, there is every year. We talk about the RB. Wide receiver ones have, a, you know, 70% chance of repeating, but RB ones, you know, it's, it's 50% every year from who we're taking. Our biggest disappointments, we'll start with you, Trey. Todd Gurley, you know, you thought the knees might hold up. Talk to me. Yeah, and it was kind of like the same thing as what uh, you said earlier. I mean, you thought that Todd Gurley was at least going to give you at the very least RB two status. And that's what he did the first half. Yeah. Devontae Freeman did. Right. It was, so we were talking about Todd Gurley, you know, but it's rough. Are you, are you willing to, you know, right now, I think you can get him for a third round pick. I must say I'm, I'm holding him. If I have him, I'm 100% not selling him because you're not going to get what he's worth. Cause he's probably going to land in a spot where he's going to be, at the very least, touchdown dependent. I mean, even if he stays with Atlanta, that's going to be pretty nice. But I could see him also signing with the Dolphins or uh, something like that. But I would definitely be looking to buy him because like what we've been 
saying earlier um it's all about cost acquisition if you could get him low and i mean the third round rookie that you're going to get i mean i would rather have todd Gurley than the third than the 3.01 yeah mark your biggest disappointment you know we, when I when I talked to Dynasty Rich, you know from Dynasty Nerds, he was putting Clyde Edwards Hilaire up in that same tier as Saquon and and Zeke and and you know Saquon or like just uncharted territories because we were anticipating he was going to blow the top off. DLF had him as the 104 in startups after he went to the Chiefs. I mean that kind of ADP is just ridiculous from a guy who we weren't even predicting as a top three running back in this class before he went to the Chiefs, and you were not impressed at all. I, w- I wouldn't say like not pressed at all, but I mean, I I was just I was believing a little bit of the hype with when Andy Reid came out and said that he believes in this guy, like he's br- next like Brian Westbrook and stuff. I was, I mean, I started to believe him. He's in a really good offense, and he just didn't he just didn't get the receiving yards I thought he would get, the receiving catches, and I and the TDs really really hurt his value for this year. Yeah, I mean, I I had. Like both of you guys, I had the same ones. And then I also had the same one as you, Dave. I had Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I had him in eight leagues. You know, luckily I had Mike Davis in seven of them. But Christian McCaffrey, there was a, there was a time there where only in his two starts he was still considered a borderline, you know, RB2 because he put up that many points. You know, he put up over 30 in both of his starts. But it hurt not having Christian McCaffrey this year. Yeah, and I mean, it's no knock on him. He was still crazy talented. We saw what he did in his limited time available. Um, unfortunately, though, those injuries did affect him. And it wasn't like Saquon, where he got hurt early, and it was an ACL tear where you could just stash him on IR for the rest of the year. You were kind of playing this waiting game all season long, and it was just brutal for McCaffrey owners. And the crazy thing with the McCaffrey owners is they're, they're taking that to heart. They're holding that there. So you can get Christian McCaffrey at an at a price that's reasonable right now, and I'm doing that in a lot of leagues because the talent there is undeniable. It's just, it was an injury. You know, it was dude, it was bound to happen. It, it's, it happens to everybody. But uh, another guy that got injured, Jeremy, this one hurt because this was a guy that I thought was really going to make that ascension into a top five type running back. And Joe Mixon, you know, he got Joe Burrow, right? And he, he got extra weapons around him. And the offensive line was healthy again, but it just didn't happen. No, unfortunately it didn't. And even in the... The starts that he wasn't injured. I mean, there was just not. I think that offense disappointed all around. I think they're just he didn't have that much production that would, like you said, put him into that top five tier. And I think, I think he can bounce back. I think throughout this whole season, this was just kind of like a little injury, then a big injury, and then he just kind of was floating on just like not necessarily getting along with, I don't know, Taylor or whatnot, but they just, that whole team, the offensive line ended up being shambles. I mean, you saw Burrow just taking hits after hits after hits and then turned into him tearing his ACL and MCL. And I just think that whole offense just kind of tanked it. And I think it was just a disappointment. I thought coming into the season, there was so much hype on him. And like you said, I think, majority of the people thought he was going to be a top five running back that he was going to get fed. Uh, we do this every year, right? Everything. I mean, Dave, you've been around long enough. We do this with Mixon every year, you know, and it's like he ends up disappointing. The talent is there. He's definitely a buy at this point. If you believe, because in the startups that I'm seeing, he's going fifth, sixth round, as opposed to late first, early second. And you know, the talent is there. We'll just see if he can finally put it all together. 
Yeah, I think this year definitely killed his ADP. It, it certainly did. Let's move on. Right. Since, since, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I just dropped a thread a couple days ago if you want to check it out. I mean, it's got uh, all about the reasons that Mixon is going to be an RB1 again in 2021. I'm hopping back on that hype train, and I'm ready for it. I, I saw that. I figured I would, you know, I didn't want to cheat there a little bit, but I knew that was that was one of your guys, and we we were all about him, you know, preseason. Uh, let's talk. We're going to jump into our buys and sells here real quick. Uh, let's start with you, Trey. Your biggest sell is a guy that I'm I'm kind of buying, but why are you selling Aaron Jones? I mean, I'm I've always been on the train of never buy someone who doesn't have their long term security locked up especially in dynasty especially the running back that's great yeah yeah especially the running back i know a lot of people are saying he his value may stay the same or possibly even go up if he lands on buffalo um but i'm just looking to stay away from him i just i just did a dynasty trade i traded away my 1.02 for aaron jones and my and 1.05 so i felt like moving back three spots i'll i'm happy taking on aaron jones at that risk but other than that, I'm not looking forward to like going out and buying Aaron Jones. Mark, your biggest sell is another guy that was one of my buys, but it, it's Miles Sanders. He's he's my no, that's not me then. No. I'm Zeke. You have Zeke. I'm, I flipped him. I flipped him. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Zeke. Um, through the f- first five games, he was an RB three with Dak Prescott, and then we all see what happened when Dak Prescott got hurt. His offensive line got hurt. I mean, he had, he had a rough season, but he still finished as the RB not, RB9. He has two years left on his contract, and I, I'm a firm believer that Dak Prescott's going to resign, so I'll take him for two more years of easily an RB1, and I think he could have the potential to be one of the best, even easily a top five, maybe the best running back in the league. See, what you did was you, you flipped it back on me. We were doing sales. Your sell was Miles Sanders. Your buy was Zeke. So you outthought me and out tried to trick me on that one. We're doing the sales right now. But yeah, Zeke is a buy. Yeah, no, that's what I was like. I, I thought I had my show sheet right. You know, I can't get the technology thing right because I'm a boomer, but I can follow my show sheets. That's that part I got down. The next two guys, you know, both Jeremy and Lake, you guys are both put your biggest sell as Alvin Kamara, you know, and he finished with a fantastic season. Obviously, a lot of things up in the air here. Lake, why are you selling Alvin Kamara? Yeah, I, I think uh, especially with that last game that he had, the six-touchdown game, I mean, he is so high um, up in people's minds right now. Um, you saw the year before where he struggled some with injuries and staying on the field and just didn't produce the way that we've seen. Um, and his value, I, I, I bought him at the end of the 2019 season um, for, I can't remember the exact deal, but it, it, it felt like a relatively cheap deal to me. Um, and then I actually, in uh, my home league, right at the trade deadline, I was able to flip him for uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, what became the 107, and Hollywood Brown. And I, at that value, that to me is like, I, I don't really care who you are. If, if, if somebody's going to give me that for you, um, a rookie running back that's a stud, uh, another pick to go out and get somebody, I, I, I think that you can get a lot for Alvin Kamara right now. And uh, I think this was his fourth RB1 season. So I I just don't know how much longer that window is going to stay open. Yeah, Jeremy, anything to add to that? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, going on the basis that Breeze is leaving. um, I know it hasn't been announced, but I'm pretty sure he's going to retire and you're going to go with bringing in either it's Winston or Hill 
But either way, Kamara tends to seem to be the reception dependent. I mean, not that he can't run the football, but that's where he gets all his points. He's a PPR machine. I mean, he gets his points through his receptions and touchdowns and not getting those easy dump offs. Say they go to Winston. Winston's going to throw it down the field. We've seen it when he was in Tampa. He doesn't care. He's just going to unleash it to a guy that's covered by three people. He don't care. So to do that, you're not going to, and you saw it with Taysom Hill. I mean, Elvin Kamara's point production wasn't what it was. So I think he's still going to be productive. I'm sure he'll still finish our, in an RB one for the next couple of seasons. But I think, like Lake said, I mean, coming off a six touchdown game, I mean, people are hot on him. And I think just getting ahead of that market curve and just moving on. I mean, I know I think I am in a free league and I traded Alvin Kamara for JK Dobbins and a first in 22. And for me, I'm a big Dobbins guy. So for me, it was the same thing that Lake said. I mean, I'm getting a first round running back that I took at one three in most of my rookie drafts this season and another first that who knows where it could be. It's probably going to be, I think that seems pretty good. So it was like going to be a mid first in 22, but I think the value is there for Kamara right now. All right, let's hit up our buys now. I'm going to start out first with a guy who, you know, his coach is going to be knocking out some teeth, knocking out some teeth. We're going to be biting some kneecaps off. Dan Campbell wants to create a new environment here. It sounds like, from what I'm hearing, they want to unleash DeAndre Swift. You know, we're not having this carry on Johnson's involved and Adrian Peterson. I mean, he wants to unleash him. He wants to get him the ball in, in open space, wants to use him like Alvin Kamara. So that's one of the deals where I believe what you guys said. I'm moving off to Alvin Cook. I'm moving off Alvin Kamara, trying to move back in a, an insulated trade to get a guy like DeAndre Swift, who I feel like is really going to take the next step this season. So that's my guy. The other guy I had was Miles Sanders. You know, after the Colts. Coach move or Colts is it the the coordinator moves over they what they were able to do with with Jonathan Taylor as the RB six and Naheem Hines you know as an RB fifteen if they can put that together with what Miles Sanders skill set is he is one of the most underutilized running backs I feel like he's a decent buy um, we're gonna go the whole way around the room give me your buy give me about thirty seconds tell me why you're buying him show a little conviction tell the listeners why Trey. You didn't want Aaron Jones, but you want the guy taking over here. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of like how that works. I'm selling Aaron Jones, so I'm buying AJ Dillon. And um, I wrote an article um, last week about AJ Dillon about how I've been buying him. Um, I had eight uh, percent roster ship on him one day, and I had a day off of work, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna try to up that. I got that to eighty three percent roster ship. I've been buying him for mid seconds, so. Uh, you know, just go put out an offer. He's probably going to be the workhorse next year. So, Oh, that's that's some big-time addition there. I like that. Mark, you went with Zeke. That was your guy. You're buying anybody else you want to throw in there? No. I just, uh, again, uh, probably DeAndre Swift, but you already used that one. So Zeke was my guy. All right. I was I was all aboard what you said about Zeke. Jeremy, you, you did a similar thing like what I'm talking about, moving from Kamara to get Dobbins plus Dobbins is your buy. You know, Dobbins was one of just six running backs in the last 15 years to average over six yards per carry once it, with a hundred yards with a hundred carries. John and I were saying it all year, free Dobbins, give him the ball. And even when they got rid of Ingram and Ingram wasn't the guy and it was Gus Edwards, they never really totally gave it to Dobbins. No, I don't think they did. Uh, but I think, there's all the res- the rumors too on Gus Edwards possibly moving on to Buffalo. Um, make it happen. Yeah, right. I'll take it. Um, 
But yeah, like you said, I mean, he led, I saw a stat today, I think too, from uh, pro football focus that he averaged 5.8 yards per carry. He actually led the NFL um, in his limited timeshare. Um, and he still finished, I think, RB 25, um, which, I mean, it's 40% snap share. And like you said, he, I think in the last five games, he scored a touchdown, at least one, and he averaged double-digit fantasy points. Um, I think the hard thing is, is that he does have that downside that he doesn't get the passing production because Lamar Jackson does rush it. But I think he's going to definitely be a solid RB1 next season. Love it. Lake. You know, we had this guy as one of our most disappointing guys at a, at a point, but Cl- you're buying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, I think uh, the hype at the beginning of the season was just out of control. Honestly, I mean, uh, probably uh, if you're not Saquon, it was too much for any incoming rookie. But um, I think that he does still have talent. I think he was overhyped, but I don't think he's bad at football. So I, I, I think owners this year that got burned by him, might be looking to move on, especially as we get closer to 21 drafts and those rookie picks are just really heating up. Um, so I, I think he's a, a really, really nice buy right now. Um, y'all all hit on him earlier. I was really a coin flip between him and Mixon. Um, my thing with Mixon would be it's it's a it's day trading. It's just to see him look nice on the field this year. I think he will, and then to try and flip him around your around your uh, trade deadline. I'm glad you threw that in there. You know, that's going to be our, our secondary pod. We're going to be starting up next week. It's called Smash Except Day Trading. You know, what you guys loved from the listenership is is when we had, when Kittle, you know, had the injury, we talked about the trades that you guys wanted. So what we're going to do is we're going to form that around the trades that you guys send in, the trades that are on MFL, and try to give you some some trends throughout the offseason. So you, you hit on that, and then you hit on Dave's guy. His buy is my buy. It's Saquon Barkley. Mike, me and you, man, we're just we're connected today. We got a lot of the same guys. We, we're feeling it, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't really understand it. <laughs> it's it's got to be. Um, but people are acting like Saquon Barkley died this year. I just don't really get it. I mean, injuries are tough; they can happen to anyone. But let's not forget, Saquon Barkley was a consensus second overall pick before he got hurt this year. Um, now he's got a current ADP that's dropping him to RB6. He's going to end of the first round. Uh, and I get it. He frustrated a lot of owners. He's got back-to-back years where he's had to deal with injuries. But uh, he's just an easy buy target for me in every single league that I'm in. Let's not forget, Saquon is still just 23 years old. And that's your 2021 RB1 right there. You know, I made an offer to a guy today. I offered him Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the 103 for Christian McCaffrey. He laughed at me. And his counter was he offered me Mike Evans for Saquon. And I'm like, he goes, yeah, they're going about the same range, aren't they? I'm like, yeah, first round, sixth round. No, we're not going there. You know, Saquon, now's the time. That would have been a smash, except no, no, he offered me Mike Evans for Saquon. It was more like a slap except, you know, like, hey, what, what are you doing? Thank you so much, you know, guys. I appreciate the time. I thought this went really well for six people. You know, a lot of, a lot of great content you guys threw out there. Why don't you give some parting shots here real quick? Again, make sure everybody knows what your Twitter handle is, anything you got going on this week, or just anything you're excited for in the Super Bowl. So, Lake, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, my Twitter handle, again, is at Dynasty Slabs, S-L-A-B-S. I've got some more um, buy-sell threads coming out soon. I've been focusing a lot on receivers, but going to move to running backs before too long. Um, And got an article, a rookie profile on Michael Carter out of UNC dropping uh, probably Saturday, I think. Nice. Check it out. Trey. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FFSuperFlexGuru. Find the website FFBForecast.com. You can find my articles and rankings on there as well. Um, you can check out the podcast Fantasy Football Forecast. And uh, once again, thank you for having me. Mark? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, the Dynasty Lefty. I'm just excited for the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's in another Super Bowl, and we're gonna we're gonna watch another one. The craziest thing is he's like, people still try to argue he's the goat, but I mean his first ten years versus his second ten years, he's been it's in five Super Bowls debate. in each of them, you know, and it's just not even a debate anymore, you know. And Jeremy, we've been on the wrong end of that, but why don't you tell everybody as Bills fans where you're, they can find your work? Uh yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Pope's FFH. Um, and or, like I said, um, I'm going to be ranking um, some of the incoming rookies at yards per. Um, and I'm going to be dropping as many rookie threads as I can. I'm finishing up, I believe, the running backs. And I'm going to hopefully turn to either quarterbacks or wide receivers. I'm not too sure yet this week. And Dave, last but not least. Yeah, thanks again for having me on, first of all. I love being on the show. I have a blast every time I'm here. I know I plug the uh, Join Our Circle shows that we've got earlier in the show, but uh, also I am getting brought on as a featured writer for Fantasy Pros this year. So I'll be bringing some articles on Fantasy Pros during the season, uh, NFL-related, obviously. So be sure to check those out. And thanks again for having me on, Mike. Yeah, congratulations, Dave. I mean, you've been you've been tearing it up in the industry. Well-deserved, you know. Um we have we're going to be launching our Patreon soon. You know that's coming out next week. We got Chad Parsons coming on right after this is out. We're going to be doing one of these. What we're going to do is part of our Patreon. We're going to be let, giving you guys some mini pods. Myself, Trey, and Mark are going to break down our top twelve running back rankings from consensus and talk about some of those guys who to buy, who to sell. So make sure you guys turn into that. Thanks again for tuning into the Smash Accept podcast and enjoy the process. Boom.